You are listening to Social Media Decoded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you get your business visible, find new clients and leads, monetize and scale. And so today I am excited because we're talking about something we've never talked about here on the Social Media Decoded podcast today. And even I am getting schooled on so many new things and new technology and research when it comes to social media and communities. And today I'm talking to Maya and I'm so excited to chat about netnography See, I, we had a, a conversation before this and I'm like, how do I even say this? I don't even know. Like, I've never even heard of this, but this is something that we all need to listen to. So if you're listening to this episode, you're tuning in to listen to some really great information about tech, about community, about influencer marketing in so many different ways. And so I'm so excited to have this conversation. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm so excited. I've been following your work for so long. And like I told you when you first reached out to me, I was like, I was going to reach out to you anyway. So I'm very, very, very thankful for this opportunity. I'm so excited to share. I've been hearing about you since my um, old assistant, Bonnie Morton. She recommended you. She was like, you are everything. And I was like, yeah, she's everything. So I'm very thankful that this is now coming together. Oh, I appreciate her. Thank you. If you're listening, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you for being a supporter and really being a part of the community. I definitely am so grateful that we get to have this conversation now here on the podcast. So let's talk about it. So you got a new job because we follow each other on Twitter and you got a new job now. And so can you tell us what it is that you do, what it is that you focus on and how this is reshaping the world of social media? Oh my gosh. I am so grateful to now be a part of a fellowship program. I'm doing some big girl work. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited, but (laughs) Um, I am currently a market research fellow um, with the Insights Association and Equitas Insights. Um, It is a 12 month program um, where we will be doing two rotations at some of the top marketing research companies. I'm currently at Aspen Fin slash Schlesinger Group, and we will be focusing on building our skills in market research research, brand research, um, marketing, data analytics, data programming. And what's amazing about it is that there is about 10 of us and we have, we are all coming from underserved um, groups that have historically not really been represented in market research. And what's amazing about that is realizing that we are literally a part of the change, like an an inaugural cohort, but the most, what is really change making about it is that we're also going to be doing an additional research project where we are telling market research how they can increase the diversity. It's currently 88% white and only 4% Black, 5% Hispanic, 4% Asian. And what that leads to is companies having very, very little information on underserved communities. So not only are we being able to be hosted and work full time for two different companies during our rotation, but we'll also be able to do things 
things like speaking opportunities, creating toolkits to increase the diversity and being able to do things like my group. Um, I'm working with Nadia Nugent and Edward Manyfield, and we are literally working with like recruiters, students, telling, asking them like, what's going to get you to work in market research? How can we get this to happen? And then also being able to work with companies on the back end to help them inform those decisions and processes. So I'm extremely grateful to be doing this research fellowship. Oh, so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Number one, congratulations. I know that the work that you all are doing is going to be amazing and help so many people. So let's talk about what netnography is, because I'm pretty sure many people are listening like, what what is this? And so how can, you know, we utilize this? I know market research is very important and a lot of brands don't do market research, but just explain to us what netnography is. Absolutely. So netnography is the study of online communities. And when I say that, people are kind of like, wait, hold on, I might be a netnographer. And I'm here to tell you that you may be able to develop into a netnographer. Um, the person that coined the term, Robert Cozinet, he's currently a professor at USC. And he's um, published a couple of books. The most recent is one that I would recommend to understand how you can also become a netnographer. But I think that especially people that might consider themselves like online natives, like that person is always on Twitter, always like when you see a tweet, you're going to go straight to the comments or really read and see how people are feeling. Those are all forms of um, kind of like introductions of getting into netnography. Um, there are four elements that distinguish netnography from everything else. Um, the first one is cultural focus, um, which links the purpose and the core conceptual notions of anthropology, um, cultural studies and ethnographic, um, which is like the study of different groups Um and combines all of that to make it clear that ethnography isn't just, you know, being online all the time, right? It's doing things like, for example, me and you understanding the nuances of Black Twitter and why Black Twitter might be different from Black TikTok, right? So understanding that people are people. It's not just, well, there are bots online, but people are people. And we bring our beliefs, our sentiments, our values, our dialects, our the differences in the way that we talk, we bring that online. And that's what creates these communities, right? You might have that person that's like your online bestie on Twitter. And it's because of that community that's built. And even as we see now that brands are now pivoting to being more community focused, for example, Twitter now coming out with that feature for communities, we're seeing so much more that you are able to see that there are these cultural focuses. The second one is the use of social media data. So that social media data is what differentiates netnography from just any other type of research, right? Um, there are different types of research like qualitative and quantitative that might still use social media data, but this is specifically focusing on um, how you can use social media data to then use things like surveys, focus groups, in-depth interviews, and other immersive ways to actually get to understand how social media works within a particular community. So that could look like joining a Facebook group and understanding specifically how are people communicating around a certain topic. Um, the third one is immersive engagement. So taking that to the next level, not just being in that not just being in that Facebook group, but also understanding how you can um, really be 
immersed into the community and understand things like content analysis, right? Like understanding how this community is differentiated from other ones. So a Facebook community for moms in Portland is going to be different from one that is for moms in New York City, right? So identifying um, some of those different things um, that differentiate that human aspect and what are the things that are making these people speak differently, need different resources, and how can we use social media? to understand that. And then lastly, um, the specification of particular procedures. That's a lot of words. <laughs> um, but that last... Um that last thing is what we call netnographic praxis. And netnographic praxis is being able to identify the conventional, historical, methodological, and procedural elements that set netnography apart from just other different types of generic forms of online interviewing, right? So what that could look like is using, um, using a journal to make sure that you're actually documenting things. Like it's not just scrolling through Twitter, right? Like creating an actual journal where you're focusing and like that um, really separating the things that you're learning. Um, this could mean creating a data site where you are mining um, the information that you're getting online. Um, this could also mean um, learning how you can participate as an observer and take notes specifically on the things that you're observing within that community. Um, so the best thing that I could explain um, to like kind of give a simile on like what does this look like practically, right, is for me, um, I can say that I, the, where I got into netnography was when I decided to create something called 150 Bison. Um, it's now a community of over 11,000 Howard University students, alumni, and it's been amazing. Thankfully, I was able to start this when I was a high school senior, um, along with other um, high school seniors that were like, dang, we're trying to get to Howard. We don't know how though. So let's use social media so that we can educate each other, connect each other, uplift each other, um, shout out each other, and really make sure that we get it, get from, you know, high school senior, we're getting our acceptance letter to actually making it to graduation. So what I've been able to develop is a very strong understanding of what does the HBCU community, especially a Howard community, um, look like practically. And that takes more than just, you know, retweeting people. That means being able to create Excel sheets and really track some of the trends that we're looking at or routinely um, logging things in a journal to know what are some of the things that are top of mind for people that are our, um, our like, quote unquote consumers, but, you know, our most, um, our most active people. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was, I hope everyone was taking notes. That was an awesome breakdown of what it is and how it can help brands. And I think that just market research in general is important because you really do need to like, and I, I've started to talk more about this, like sales psychology and psychology of groups and people. Like if you don't really know that it's going to be hard for you to sell your products and services online because you really have to get into the minds of who would be buying this. And it goes far more than you said, just tweeting a tweet. Like, what's the thought process of the customer journey? Like, let's talk about community because we talked about that before we got on here. Influencer marketing versus affiliate marketing. I feel that this, what you're doing in this research will definitely help brands, especially in the areas of community building. Because we all know, then when you do build a active community, you have an army of people that like stand by your side, refer your products and services to other people. But building that 
and really understanding it from a research side, like getting in the heads of these people, it's really important. So that breakdown was amazing. So let's talk about affiliate programs and influencer marketing because we talked about that a bit. Um, what do you feel? And let's talk about Gen Z too. This we can throw this all in here. What do you feel when it comes to like communities? How affiliate marketing and influencer marketing may differ? Like, where do you see like community building really heading in the future for brands? Yeah. That is a great question. I think that what brands are kind of starting to wake up about, like they're realizing because they're like, oh, we have to pay attention to TikTok now, <laughs> is that people's social media habits are changing, you know? And what that means is that more and more people are looking for something when they come onto social media. Whereas where we could say probably before 2020, before COVID, um, we, people just, you know, open Instagram and scrolled. And now it's more like, I need to see something real. So I'm going to go on TikTok. I want to kiki with my friends. So I'm going to go on Twitter. I want to post a selfie and I want to see my friends having fun. So I'm going to go on Instagram and now having these purposes and wanting to feel more aligned with interests and the things that we actually care about, I think is a shift that we have not seen. And now companies, specifically social media apps are waking up to, right? So what that means for creating your community, I would say now more than ever, people that are working in influencer marketing and affiliate marketing have to be purpose-driven, right? It's not as easy as just working with the brand. Like really think about is your art, does this align with the people that are following you? The people that interact with your contact content the most, are they going to actually appreciate this? Are you showing up enough for people to really feel like they're connected to you and understand your story? Are you creating those other resources um, for your community so that they can feel empowered? And that goes back to market research and what it all begins with, right? Brands are coming to influencers and affiliate marketers, and we can talk about how there's underrepresentation in terms of like Black influencers, Hispanic influencers, just diverse groups. But what representation matter? why representation matters in market research and why that is such a fundamental part of when we talk about communities and building communities is because representation in market research means empowering communities by telling their stories and advocating for their needs. So there are brands that we may be using, like wellness brands, for example. Let's say there are some wellness brands that are super popular within the Black community, but if they are doing market research and they are starting that market research at a particular salary, which is what happens in the market research world saying, okay, well, our focus groups are only going to start at 80,000. It eliminates so many people from the narrative of why that product is useful, why that product is helpful, why that might be valuable to a community. And especially when we're talking about people that are disenfranchised and historically underrepresented, it's incredibly important for us to be making sure that creators and influencers and marketers understand their community so you can advocate for them. You do deserve to be that person that is representing a niche that people might not have been looking for as a brand, especially because these influencer marketing managers might not know to look for you. Oftentimes people are coming out of college or coming from marketing or some other related field and they're just like, well, I'm here to just get the most popular influencers. And we know that the Black community is one of the tightest communities on social media. Like we can single-handedly drive a campaign to be to becoming viral just because we started talking about it on Twitter. So 
it's really important for us as a community and especially as influencers for us to understand our own community so we could get a part of these campaigns. Like for me, for example, I'm not necessarily taking a break from influencer marketing, but I want to put a lot of effort into understanding how I can sing, I can become that market researcher, that independent market researcher that I want other influencers to become because we don't, we sometimes forget the value of understanding our consumer. Brands don't understand Black Gen Z. So me having a a huge concentration of Black Gen Z people in my audience, that's something that brands don't have. That's something that they are hiring and outsourcing DEI professionals to educate them on. That's what they are joining webinars and subscribing to McKinsey and AdAge and Marketing Group to understand the Black consumer. So somebody like me, even though I might have, you know, a total of 20,000 across social networks, and to them, that's not a lot of people, but realizing, oh, this is somebody who has a huge concentration of Howard University students. This is somebody who has a huge concentration of Black, um, young Black people. This is somebody who has a huge concentration of creatives and professionals. It's a lot easier to align my values and theirs. Um, And I want other influencers, especially those that may be historically marginalized, to be able to leverage their communities in the same way and empower themselves financially by in that brand deal. (laughs) That was awesome. Again, everyone should be taking notes. And I agree with everything that you said. I think it is just so important for us to really just understand, like, as influencers, like, what else do we bring to the table? Like, what, like, what else, you know, is it in addition to that? So that definitely, um, I'm so glad that you broke that down so very well. I do have a question about Web3 because, you know, this is (laughs) Web 3.0. It's been going around. Like, I'm sure many people are listening. They're like, what is this? How does it all tie into what you do? What should we look forward to? How should brands be preparing for it? How should we all be preparing for it? Yes. Web3 is now. And, you know, we hear it when we hear about things like NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and we're like, what is that? But really, Web3 is is the new iteration of the internet. It's where companies and people and communities are all able to communicate with one another. And what differentiates that is from Web2, where it was more of like a B2B or business-to-business relationship or B2C relationship. Like, there was not this intermingling of a good example of what Web3 is now is when you're on Twitter and you see Wendy's making a shady comment and them replying back in the Twitter replies of to the average consumer. That is one of these iterations of Web3 where there's this new accessibility of people to brands and brands to people and communities to brands and the ability to actually shift narratives and the rise of communities actually being powerful. Um, we In Web3, there are some terms like, for example, um, DAOs, which are digital autonomous um, organizations or communities. And what that looks like practically is there are some, um, there are some groups, for example, for brands that you might already be following, like Colors, um, for example, they're on YouTube. They have lots of gorgeous covers where you've probably seen them. Like, for example, I know one of their most popular is like Gunna singing Top Off. And there's that background of just cut like a pastel color and it always like matches that person's or outfit that youtube channel has a doubt they have a whole group on discord where it's where they're in 
interacting with independent artists and musicians and empowering them and giving them the opportunity to create NFT galleries. And like, these are the things that I, as a networker, kind of like wander around the internet and just kind of see. But what that means, that's a powerful shift, right? 10 years ago, we weren't seeing YouTube channels creating their own groups and communities. Like that was the comment section. So now being able to really truly drive brand strategy and drive the way that um, social media is going, it's more than that, right? When we are able to show because of things like Duolingo and their TikTok account and see how they are single-handedly changing what it means to be a brand on social media like yes it is okay for you to make a joke it's good for you to be on brand and like on trend with the things that are going on because it allows your it allows your brand to get a reach with the consumer that may not have considered them before it allows your brand to stay top of mind and with the way that Web3 is heading, it's also incredibly important to understand how that also affects equity and diversity and inclusion as it pertains to influencer marketing as well. Um, with us being able to finally create things like DAOs and communities for our for our um audiences, it empowers them in a different way, right? It's more than me just being able to say, oh hey, join my group chat. It means you can invest in a token if you'd like, that is going to give you access to these resources that you may already be looking for. Um, it means being able to say that I'm increasing, it's an opportunity to be able to increase the purchasing power of your community. There are some DAOs that are literally reinvesting in the people that invest in them, right? It's this change of what we've looked at in terms of like the relationship between the brand and the consumer that really is now revolutionizing and offering a lot more opportunity than ever it has been to influencers, affiliate marketers, people with communities, people that operate within a particular niche. And now you're able to really monetize and grow communities based on that. Oh my goodness. Listen up. The new way is web three, right? So for me, it sounds like we need to be focusing on community more, which is definitely what all brands should probably be thinking about um, when it comes to social media, that we're definitely more community focused. I think all of these opportunities that we now have are amazing. And I just can't wait to see how everything will continue to grow and thrive. I want to let everyone know change can be good. And I know some people are like, oh my God, Instagram changing. This is changing. That's changing. But there always is going to be change on any of these apps. So it's up to us to get with it or get left behind because it is 2022 and we live in a very, very digital age. And so if we can leverage just for our benefit, I think that it's a good idea. So, oh my goodness, this has been like an amazing episode. You schooled us on netnography, on Web3, like what we need to know, what we should be thinking about when it comes to all of this, market research, why it's so important. This has been such a great episode. And I thank you so much for coming and sharing like all your amazing expertise and knowledge. Would you let us know where we can find you, what you have coming up, what else we need to know about netnography? Do we need to click on some links or check out the, the research work that you're doing? Let us know. Thank you so much. Well, I'm really excited. Um, this is a pretty good time to follow me if I don't assume I'm so myself. Um, because I hope to be able to, I'm in the works, you know, sign the NDAs and whatnot, but in the works of collaborating with market research firms to help empower um, underrepresented communities. So black, brown, 
all that good stuff um, and really helping not only, you know, us during this recession get some, you know, side money by doing surveys and focus groups and things like that, but also um, really empowering the consumer and making sure that our voices are heard. Um, I think that not enough people are considering and realizing how different in America, we are building different lives. Student loans, a lot of these things at the top of mind in the news are impacting us in economic ways that being able to understand how we could upskill right now, being able to build relationships with brands and um, understanding how to build those communities and be paid for it um, is really important. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Maya, M-A-I-A underscore Melanin. Um, subscribe to my email list where I will be sharing more info. You can see that um, at the link in my bio on all three of those platforms. Or you can also um, go to directly to my website to learn more about the work that I've done in the past. I'm at M-A-I-A, M-E-L-A-N-I-N, MayaMelanin.com. And you know, feel free to DM me, chit-chat, kiki with me. I love talking about this with people. I'm a uh, I'm somebody that loves to send people resources for any question that they have. So yeah, M-A-I-A underscore melanin, M-E-L-A-N-I-N. Love it. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Take notes. I hope everyone took notes. If you love this episode, make sure you tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames. And let me know what you thought about netnography and all these new terms and all these new things happening in the social media world. Thank you so much again for tuning into the Social Media Decoded podcast and being an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in into today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one. Peace.